time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Chet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, one of the top music writers in the business, Rolling Stone veteran, David Wild. We're going to be talking to David in just a second. First, let me thank uh, my new podcast hosts, StarburnsAudio.com, home to the Sklar Brothers, Joe Coy, Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith, Matt Besser, so many other great shows. Check them all out. You're going to thank me later. Also, my stat man, Jeff Cesario's new comedy album, What Was I Thinking, is up for pre-order right now. Go to Pandora Music, recorded at the legendary Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Reliefs of stress in a challenging time, and I'm informed that uh, I, Chet Waterhouse, uh, made an appearance in the Cesarea special. We got Advice Corner and Fiery Four and Pop Quiz all with David Wilde coming up. Great show. And as always, before we get to my guest, the great music writer, David Wilde, time for the Waterhouse Update. Brought to you by the Marianas Trench Coat, featuring the deepest pockets in the business. NASCAR, Denny Hamlin wins Dixie Vodka 400. No rebel flags, but you can still name a race the Dixie Vodka 400. Hamlin won when Chase Elliott bumped Ryan Blaney down the backstretch and was DQ'd for not social distancing. Incidentally, Dixie Vodka, gluten-free, and pot has no carbs. That wrap-up sponsored by Chef They Are D, the gender-neutral ravioli. Baseball players and owners further apart than a Lutheran couple in a hot tub. They're on the verge of cutting the exact 90 games off the schedule that make the season unwatchable. That item sponsored by Gesundheits, the leotards that help cut your sneezing in half. NBA, not since Oz have so many attractive men been locked up in one place. I don't want to say Florida wasn't the right call, but the first shoot around was canceled due to a gator on the court that item sponsored by the broken clock store open 35 hours a day 12 days a week ufc dana white announced ufc 258 will be held on a c-130 troop transport hovering in the eye of a hurricane golf daniel berger won the colonial in a playoff when colin morikawa played so slowly he was mistaken for a confederate statue and hauled away and finally this week in sports history the year 2019 the place new york new york a Babe Ruth baseball jersey sells at auction for over $5.6 million. The jersey was then left in an Uber and used by the driver to wipe cat prints off his hood. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Sugary Drinks. Don't just hydrate, carbohydrate. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, this guy's the Mike Trout of music writers. Reliable, powerful, great wrist action. Welcome, David Wilde. David, how are you today? Thank you. I, I have been told I resemble a trout, but not Mike specifically. I think the entire <laughs> species of trout. 
you know, that's still a compliment. Trout, one of the more attractive fish uh, no, in a they, fresh they, body they, of water. Yeah, they're a fetching freshwater fish. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're they're uh, they're quite uh, uh, sophisticated. The trout, they have a, they have a debonair look to their eye. Now, uh, you grew up out east, correct? Or did uh, you yeah. grow up out here? I was born in New York City. I uh, grew up in uh, grew up in Tenafly, New Jersey. A uh, a Mets fan, but also uh, forever uh, confused because I lived walking distance from the Yankees who wife swapped. So I think in my mind, baseball and sex are inexplicably tried. tied. I can't even speak about it. It's so upsetting. No, it's uh, that, that's not even Freud said, well, don't wake me up for that one. That was a slip <laughs> by the young, uh, the young man there. Uh, so you grew up near, I think one of them's name was Fritz Peterson. Kekich and Fritz, Mike Kekich and Fritz Peterson. Yes, I yeah, grew up- and they they swapped wives, uh, but I, I I don't even think they were swinging. Uh, honestly, I think it was just um, they were so uh, bored with life in Jersey uh, that uh, they said we got to do something. It wasn't even sexual. Uh, I you know I, I I was too young to understand. I'm still too immature to understand. Uh, but I thought it was funny. But, and yet, uh, at the mere mention of the name Fritz, uh, you get very excited. You've got these two things <laughs> I intertwined. All, I get all frisky, ironically. Not <laughs> what is your greatest athletic moment? Could have happened yesterday, Dave. Uh, uh, or I, it could have been back in uh, you know high school or any time like that. I am proud to say uh, you might be able to almost see it. Uh, well, you won't be able to see it. But uh, I believe it's 2017 or 18, I became a professional tennis player because I won the uh, Calcutta uh, at my tennis club, the Mulholland Tennis Club. Uh, and I won money uh, because at the last minute, my wife wow. let me bet on me and we won. Uh, I can't say the amount for t- obvious tax reasons, uh, but uh, I, I, I have since, you know, in recent years, I have, when I'm asked for my profession, it's professional tennis player. Nicely done. So you're just scouring the near west side for Calcutta so you can go fleece. Exactly. In, in the, <laughs> Unsuspecting in, tennis players. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, Mets fan, so you got to have these superstitions. Do you do anything when you're watching the Mets where you go, uh, 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 I got to get my hat on or something like that? Is there any superstitions you have? I noticed you're wearing a Dodger hat, incidentally. Oh, so no, I'm no. guessing they're your second team? Or? Oh, no, no. The Dodgers are now my first team. I moved here in 1991. Uh, and I, when, I, when I met my wife and decided to have kids, I, had a, I went to a church or temple, you guess, but it would be the one you bought <laughs> Andy Kindler at. Uh, I'm going to uh, guess it was a temple. And uh, for marriage, I'm somehow going to guess Fritz Peterson was in the vows. Exactly. Uh, but I decided uh, I was going to convert to a Dodger fan because I wanted my kids to have a team to love. And I, one of the greatest decisions of my life was uh, completely being a turncoat on the Mets uh, and becoming a Dodgers fan, which has been life-changing because as a result, I got to appear in a World Series. Now, I, I did not play, but I was on the field for a national anthem with my friend uh, 
uh, Brad Paisley. So I act, and I, I got to meet Sandy Koufax, uh, wow. who, who I, I share very a lot of. I also the next year when the Dodgers returned to the World Series, uh, Brad returned, and I was supposed to go with him, but my niece was having her bat mitzvah that very day. And like Sandy Koufax, I refused to appear at the game on this highest of family holidays. So, wow. Yeah. That's impressive. And uh, we also uh, confirmed that my guess was correct. Uh, temple over church. Uh, <laughs> Good one. And also a little known fact, David, I don't know if you know this. Uh, this will make you feel even better. Sandy Koufax started as a music uh, writer yeah. and then uh, fleeced a bunch of folks at a country club in a fast pitch contest. And yeah. then he just uh, swung right into the major leagues. Uh, uh, let's talk music writing. How did you get sucked into this end of journalism? What, what attracted you to music in the first place? Um, baseball was my life literally until I discovered the existence of baseball and girls. And it then became, it, it fell off the charts uh, for many years uh, only to, to reoccur like, like many diseases. But I, uh, I fell in love with music uh, which got me to meet girls much more effectively. And uh, I, uh, I had a childhood friend. I wrote a, I wrote a record column starting in middle school through college. I was the arts editor at the Cornell Daily Sun. I got out, worked at Esquire magazine. Because of my love for music, started a record section. Jan Winner at Rolling Stone heard about it, hired me away, and thus began that career. Uh, and then it, it ended up going from journalism into producing and writing all these music shows, but uh, I'm very, very lucky that I had no other skills because it allowed me to make a living uh, hanging around musicians without being purely a groupie, though that has been debated. <laughs> well, uh, I, I believe the funniest people in the world are musicians, and I think it might have to do with the fact that, uh, that they know timing. So timing is, is inherent in both music and comedy, and uh, I think I, I think their innate sense of timing, good musicians, uh, allows them for the most part, if their ego doesn't get involved, uh, to actually be uh, extremely funny people. Uh, who's the funniest guy you interviewed? Um, among the funniest fun musician, I should say. Uh, on an intellectual sort of more cosmic comedy level, Bowie was very, very funny. Uh, and extending into like performance art with me doing a couple of things. Uh, I... I uh, uh, I guess uh, I'll tell you who should be on your show is uh, a great guitarist and a funny guy, Ringo, who I, uh, I work with quite a bit, says he's the funniest guy he's met. The best dirty jokes is Steve Lukather. I think you got to have Steve Lukather on your show if you haven't already. I'll do it. I have not had Steve Lukather on my show, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going after him as soon as we hang up. <laughs> you hold the line. <laughs> So uh, now, where's the weir weirdest place you ever had to conduct an interview? Uh, many bathrooms. Uh, um, many private planes. I don't know if that's weird. Uh, uh, it's kind of weird. Well, actually, all of the weirdest ones are now during, like, my first Zoom ever was with two Beastie Boys and Spike Jones, uh, like the first week of the... Uh, uh, pandemic lockdown. So the weirdest thing is I've been like interviewing a lot of my favorite artists from my bed. Like, uh, uh, you know, if I had known in uh, college that I would be able to interview Susanna Hoffs in my bed, uh, 
that would have made me very happy. Yeah, it's a dream come true, let's be honest. <laughs> and uh, uh, shockingly, uh, m- many people are now living vicariously through you. Exactly. Uh, Even I am, living, I am living vicariously through me. <laughs> well, that's not easy to do. No, a lot of people uh, don't have a, you need to be kind of double jointed to be able to do that, I no, think. I, I, I have sure. what the kids call mad skills. <laughs> now, the toughest interview that turned out to be a great interview, one that you went in and uh, yeah, yeah, it was like chipping away at granite, and then all of a sudden popped through or something happened, and, and it just became a great interview. Uh, the f- in, in, in the sense that anything I've ever done is famous, there is an infamous nightmare interview session with Van Morrison, and you can actually search other podcasts uh, <laughs> to find me telling the full half an hour. I know, Chet, your your format does not allow the whole story, but look up story-worthy Van Morrison, David Webb. You can hear a half an hour of the most excruciatingly uh, horrible interview with Van Morrison. That went great in the end, but it involved me chasing him through Harvard Square, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was no moon dance. I, I will say this: uh, I, I can't imagine it's that difficult catching up to Van Morrison. Even I, even I, a Calcutta champion, was able yes. to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Move laterally across Harvard Square, <laughs> and you just cut him off. what's your worst ghostwriting experience because i know you've also done a lot of books and this kind of goes under the radar with you because like you say you're big time music writer esquire rolling stone you've transitioned into producing all these giant music shows we're gonna talk about that a little bit but uh uh you also you've also done helped uh musicians write books some of them credit some of them kind of under the under the table almost I can't say it's a dangerous thing to say with a musician under the table, but there it is. Exactly. I can't say who it was, but one of my book, uh, one book I co-authored the interview subject, the, the proverbial, the, the official author of the book missed 199 of 205 appointments over the course of uh, six months. And that was a nightmare. Uh, on the other hand, there's like, here's a, here's a positive sort of version because uh, someone, Chet, you might have, you know, gotten to know over the years, I think. Uh, Ted Nugent once called me to ask me to ghost write, so to write liner notes for him. And he could sense there was some resistance on my part. And he, he finally, being very astute, not politically, uh, but he, uh, he said, David, I have a sense you don't like me. Don't worry. I love me enough for both of us. That's not a bad quote. I say it to my wife all the time. <laughs> you know, oddly enough, that's what uh, Kikich and Peterson said to each other. Too. <laughs> this is, it's amazing how this threads through your life. Did you ever uh, pull up? Who is the easiest talker? Who, who is the one where you walked in the room and you you, 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 know, you said, man, it's, it's an old bromide, but this may actually write itself? Uh there are so many who are so good. Uh, I found the greats are great. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of Elvis Costello was hyper verbal, brilliant, but we fought our first, he was one of my heroes from high school uh, after I ditched baseball for a while. And, uh, but we had a fight because I was supposed trying to do a, like an interview covering his whole career. He only wanted to talk about his new record. But once I broke his spirit, 
uh, it went great, which sort of, again, helped me in my marriage. Um, sure. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I have to say most are great. Like the ones I most, uh, yeah, most are great. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and that's a testament to you and your approach and your it's ability a, a, to have it's people a, it's relax. A new it's a new testament to me. No, it's actually an old, <laughs> wow. not quite an old testament to me. So you're not orthodox then is what you're saying. If, if I can't get a haircut, I'm going to become orthodox. <laughs> so you've transitioned now into producing a lot of these music shows that are on all these platforms. And, and let me ask you this. A lot of people are asking this question. Where the hell is music now? Uh, it seems uh, like there isn't a lot of good music, but then you dig and there is good music. So it just seems that the fact that the platforms have grown from, oh, half dozen to six billion may have something to do with the fact that now we have to go find the music is it, what's your take on where the music industry is at now i actually i mean weirdly during this time i have found music getting more interesting i think there's already some great albums this year i'll tell you you know any just to name like from jason isbell who is like my favorite news like recent singer songwriter i think he's brilliant Great guy, uh, great, uh, great musician, funny great, guy on Twitter. Yeah, really great, uh, wonderful guy. And uh, to like even the veterans who were like, like Bob Dylan, no joke, helped me through a dark night of the soul. Like, uh, you know, with this, with this stuff, he sort of he's been like leaking new songs after not making new songs for thirteen years, and they've been incredible. So I, yeah, I think this is going to be uh, a great year for music. A horrible year to be alive but a great year for music. Well, are we going to maybe see more uh, meat on the bone, so to speak? Uh, you go, you go back. You remember the seventies. You remember, uh, uh, you know, Neil Young and John Fogarty and all the folk and all the soul music that was protest music. And, and, and man, it moved, uh, it moved people. And uh, there hasn't been a ton of that in a lot of music, but I sense maybe it's creeping back in. Yeah, I think this year things are going to get a lot more charged than they've been. I think, uh, uh, um, yeah, I actually, I, I'm already hearing a little bit more. Like, and, and by the way, part of that is, uh, I don't know, you know, old white guys like like you and possibly me, uh, we we've been unaware that a lot of that social content moved towards hip hop uh, at a certain point and away from right. away from rock and roll. But I think we're about to enter a new phase where uh, things are about to get more real in music. That's my that's my prediction. And uh, the, the good thing about the hip hop, if I may call it the hip hop, is that uh, uh, there's not a lot of encumbrance around the words. Man, they get those words right out uh, dead center, hardcore out front. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the uh, piece de resistance of the song. You know, and that, that that's that's pretty they're like, cool. They're they're like uh, Vince they're very good with the words. Very good with the words, right? Uh, you know, that's interesting. Uh, uh, some young whippersnapper out there who's good with his computer should uh, drop a couple of uh, beats behind Vinny. See what happens there. Hey, this portion of the broadcast, Dave, brought to you by Fertilitinis, the testosterone-boosting martini olive. It's from Italy. And burlap skimpy lingerie. The less there is, the less it itches. For her lap, try burlap. Plus, 
Blood Ball, like paintball, but with real blood. Yours. All right, listen, I got a bona fide big time music writer with me. Time for advice corner. Actual takeaway from the great David Wilde. Dave, I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, uh, your jobs and the music business in general. And uh, you never know, there could be kids out there listening, thinking maybe this is a direction for me. Let's see if it is or isn't. Uh, here's question number one. Quick tip that gets a reluctant talker to open up. Uh, somebody you're interviewing seems who seems you know not into it. Is there something you do to kind of break that ice? I, I talk about my family until they're so bored they will talk, they will talk about anything else. I I find that that works very well. Talk about your kids and when they talk about the older one and then when you start talking about the younger one they'll just break in with oh. they'll break in yeah they'll go let's get this over with at least that's exactly. impressive. I would add only to that David maybe add that Calcutta story to it too. I think that'll break people down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an exclusive. Chet, Chet, that's an exclusive for this podcast. Oh, that, that's my exclusive. I love it. Question number two, reverse. How do you get a yacker to shut up and focus when, you, when you're the one sitting there going, geez, we've been here an hour and a half. I got to wrap this up. And they just keep wanting to talk. For some reason, I keep seeing Steven Tyler in my head. He looks like a talker to me. But, uh, you know, how, how do you focus someone who seems to be sort of ADHD in their way through the interview? Well, when you say that, what comes to mind is, and I'm a love her, big fan, Joni Mitchell, great artist. At one point, she asked me, she could talk. Uh, literally one time in this home where I am now, I was talking to her at like one in the morning for hours and hours. And I finally said, Joni, I, I'm sorry. I'm falling asleep. I got to go to bed. She goes, okay, I'll call you in the morning. And at 9.01, she called and kept talking. But the first time I ever met Joni, uh, she said, I want to have dinner, and but let's not record. Let's just get to know each other. And I was like, oh, no, because that's a reporter's worst nightmare. You don't want to not have on tape anything great that you comes out of it. Right, so, right. What do I do here? And then I realized this is something that works with almost every rock star of that generation. You go, let's talk about your painting because that way you know you're never going to have anything you're going to use. And she actually is a great artist, but with like, that's like, that's how you handle it. Let's talk about your, let's talk about your charity work. Yeah, most music magazines and publications will put a brush technique down at the bottom of the chart of what they need in the story. Question number three, when do you drop your researched questions and go off the cuff? Or do you start off the cuff? Uh, I, 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 the Van Morrison story, which we don't have time for, I literally did because I was nervous because he was, he, he had already proven himself to be... Uh, you know, uh, you know how Ireland had the troubles. He was yeah. also his own the troubles. Uh, he was wow. He was I, the Jose Canseco of exactly, rock and roll. Exactly. Just trouble from the get go. Exactly. Great, but trouble. But, but I wrote. I literally wrote for him like I think a hundred questions, which is unusual prep for me. And when I asked him, I think the first one was when you. He goes, I don't talk about my personal life. And I went. Okay, there's 50 questions gone. And then I said, on the album, he goes, I don't talk about my records. And I was like, oh, boy. So <laughs> that's when you go off the cuff. And in that case, I did the thing. And this is a good lesson for the kids who are not listening to this for sure. Uh, the lesson is, I said, I said I'm said, i dealing with a, a great artist, a hero, 
but a slight crazy person. So what would you, well, who talks to crazy people? Therapists. So I went therapist and I went, Van, let's talk about why you don't want to talk to me. And that interested him. Uh, he loved to tell me why he didn't want to talk to me. And we were off and running. That's impressive. So literally in sports terms, you had a third pitch you could go to. You tried the fastball, tried the slider, neither of them worked and bam, the slurve right over the heart of the plate. Question number four, how do you keep your head in a wild rock and roll environment? You were talking about those private jets. I'm sure some of them were absolutely insane. How do you as a human, not even as a writer, just go, okay, I got to pull back. Where do you go? What do you do, especially on a small, private, crazy rock and roll plane? I think it helps to be ugly and to not uh, to be married. It's like nothing interesting is going to happen to me. No, there's <laughs> there are no no groupies for me. Even I'm lucky to have the wife. Let's be honest. Uh, so uh, I also I don't do drugs because when I was a uh, from high school on, I literally wanted to spend money on records. And ironically, the first time I couldn't spend money on records really was, and go to a record store, it was this pandemic. But I have found an open record store in Tarzana. So now I'm cool. Wow, you're ready to roll. And hey, uh, don't sell yourself short. You got kind of a Ron Santo appeal to you. Question number five. You've put in more miles than an NBA parole officer. What is your best travel tip a good quick travel tip uh wipe every surface of every hotel room uh i, I did a neil diamond uh, was honored at in vegas like march like right as stuff was about to lock down and i had a lot of uh i talked to my wife a great deal about before she agreed to let me go but i literally uh i haven't showered between birth and march but now i'm very clean and i so i my I bring wipes that's my uh bring wipes i like it boil down to two words that advice corner brought to you by tea when there's no other choice but scalding water try tea and semi-gloss paint let some other sap risk it all on glossy now it's time for the fiery four the fiery four David, these are sports takes hotter than Donald Trump on a ramp. Fire number one. Best Super Bowl halftime show you've ever seen in your lifetime. I can't even joke about this. It's so clearly Prince. And I just did a Grammy Prince tribute we did on CBS this year. That was like one of the last shows where you could see like a live audience enjoying anything. And uh, Prince, no one's close. No one comes close. Fire number two, which sport will come out of the pandemic with momentum? Because most of them are slowing down and the knees are kind of hurting and they're getting a little uh, rickety. Which sport might gain momentum? Tennis. It's like a singles tennis. I, I've always no, been brother, a you in the tennis. But I will say my wife and I have been playing singles the last uh, two or three weeks. And uh, I like playing with my wife because it's the only thing I could beat her in that would be uh, possible <laughs> i think you're right an individual sport may be good i, I think nascar i think this whole uh, rebel flag uh, ban and uh, the whole thing might be working to their advantage they may pick up some fans fire number three worst super bowl halftime in your lifetime uh there, there's a giant pause here folks it's like a rain delay should have rolled out the tarp during that. I, I'm going for it. 
I, I didn't enjoy Maroon 5, I gotta be honest with you. I, I liked Maroon 4, but 5... <laughs> 5 is a little wrong. <laughs> and finally, fire number 4. Best national anthem rendition of all time. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jose Feliciano. Wow. Uh, an oldie but a goodie. I remember that one. That was strong. That is right up there with Whitney and uh, and uh, and Hendrix and, uh, and Marvin yeah. Gaye. Marvin Gaye, yeah, brilliant. That fiery four brought to you by Airbnb. It's not an app. It's just a crowbar. Now I understand you may have a pop quiz for me. Uh, we got a little theme song. This is, of course, where my guest, in this case, the incredible David Wild, asks me three questions. I try to get the right answers. Uh, here's the theme song. Pop, 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 quiz. That was a live rendition. That's a hit. Uh, I left a music writer speechless. That's not good news, folks. <laughs> Let's just get on with the pop quiz. <laughs> um, uh, okay, first question. Which of the following is not, I repeat, not an album I wrote the liner notes for? One, The Rolling Stones, 40 Licks. Two, The Essential, Barry Manilow. Three, The Very Worst of Kenny G. I'm going to say The Very Worst of Kenny G. You are correct, sir. Wow. Uh, question number two. That was a tough one. I think Michael Brecker wrote the liner notes <laughs> to the very worst of Kenny G. I did once uh, was at the Ivy on Robertson and uh, Michael Bolton had said the sentence to me. I think I was on an early date with my wife and he said, David, I'd like to introduce you to my good friend, Mr. Kenny G and his wife, Mrs. G. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> All right. I'm one to know. Look at this. I got a lead. Let's see if I can get the next one. Which of the following three groups invited me, David Wilde, to stand on stage with them during a concert when I was covering them for Rolling Stone? Not on the side of the stage, stand with them on stage. Uh, one, a group you may not have heard of, Black Crows. Uh, another group uh, you might have been in, Counting Crows. Uh, and third, a group I'm sure you're unaware of, Run DMC. Ooh. Uh, I think it's between Black Crows and Run DMC, so I am going to go with Run DMC. You are correct, sir. That wow. Was there were people getting hurt at their concerts and stabbed, and they said, come on, watch what a crowd looks like when a fight breaks out. And I actually stood on stage, and nobody was confused whether I was in Run DMC. Um yeah, that's it. Well, I've already won, but we'll do the third question. I will say only this. I'll love him or hate him. The one thing we can all be assured of, of Chris uh, Robinson of the Black Crows is he's probably not asking anybody else to center stage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> question number three. Um, I've won. This is impressive. Which of the following is not a prize that I have been nominated for or won? One, there's four choices. The Emmy. Two, the Peabody. Three, the Muslim Public Policy Award. Four, the Cy Young Award. Which one was? have I not been nominated for or won? Well, I'm going to go Cy Young just because I know you blew out your rotator cuff as a rookie. You had 19 wins, and uh, the whole thing went straight downhill from there. So I had inside info on that one. It's That's, Cy Young. That is, like Fritz Peterson and Mike Kekic, a perfect score. <laughs> 
Wow, that, that may be the first time I went 3-0. and My guest today, the great music writer, David Wild. Follow David on Twitter at Wild About Music. Read his stuff. Watch his stuff uh, all over the place. Uh, Don't touch his do you, stuff. That's not right. What do you got coming up? Watch his stuff? Like you're doing award shows. Uh, I, you know what? I don't want to talk about me. Enough about me. <laughs> That's uh, David Wild. David, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. His album, What Was I Thinking, is up for pre-order right now exclusively on Pandora. Go listen and laugh. Thanks to all of you for listening and thanks to my new host, StarburnsAudio.com. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Singed Hair, New Mexico, calling Eyesore the festival for ugly hot air balloons. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.